Before we start this episode, I just want to make a little note here that the audio quality is not quite as, uh, not not great on this episode. The app that we use uh, to record these little live sessions is just an app on the phone and it doesn't, uh, it's not compatible with any of my actual podcast studio equipment. So we, I, I bought some stuff that was supposedly compatible and it, it technically worked, but it, uh, it didn't work out too great. So I won't be using this hardware again. We'll just go back to using the phone mic, which ironically is better than this, this so, you know, supposedly uh, better equipment. But anyway, I did what I could to tune up this audio. Normally I just record this and publish it, but on this one, it was just not usable without doing something to it. So I worked on this audio a little bit. So it's a bit better than it was originally, but it still has flaws and some variation in the volume that's hard to deal with and some clipping. And that's that I just couldn't get rid of because it was already there. So anyway, uh, apologize for that. And, and next time it should be better. So just audio is not quite as good as it should be on this one. Thank you. Um, so anyway, we're on here and uh, I'll, uh, so the, this is our little weekly chat thing where we talk about memes and news items of the week, at least a few of them, and maybe sort out the ones that were, uh, I don't know, making people, people were trying to get the most upset about and also um, uh, kind of see if we can find out, sort out the, 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 the facts and whatever from, from what, what people are really saying in the news, particularly the outrage channels. Um, that's closer to that. That's very good. Let's see if that's better. Um, so... That the real podcast that we do that I have is called Outrage Overload. That's a science podcast. So I talk to uh, scientists and researchers and authors and things like that about things like political polarization and other things uh, related to that and science about that and also kind of lo- how to lower the temperature. So it's sort of outrage media and lowering the temperature and all the effects of outrage media. So that, that's the actual science podcast. This is our other little weekly thing that we do, like a little chat. I'm David. I'm here with Lisa. Hi, honey. Hey. I'm going to do a mic test real quick. Mic, mic, mic. Test, test, test. Let me put it a little closer. Um, so anyway, so that's what that's about. And today How's we... How's that? Better? Much go better? Again. Yeah, that seems better. Okay. Okay, so hopefully you're able to hear, everyone's able to hear okay. Um, and so yeah, so that's what we do. We, we go through some news items from this week and, and memes and things like that and kind of sort out what they're about. So what do you got this week? The best way to taste, text, uh, test that mic is to see how this, my drinking can, if you can hear my drinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know these mics. Might pick up things differently. Yeah. Um, well, it's been a, been a wild week. <laughs> yeah? News-wise, yeah. It's been kind of nutty. Um, uh, not comfortable at all. But... Um, I'm going to now start a new segment called Lisa Reads the Headline, Nothing Else, and Makes David Do the Research. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you're not coming in as loud as I am, so maybe move it. Can you move it even closer? It's right here. I know, it does seem close, huh? It's right here. You want me to hold it? Is that better? Um, it still seems like it's not picking up very well. Oh. Well, I don't know what else to do. Yeah, that's weird. So, um, yes, yeah, so as usual, I will read a headline, tell you what I think it really says, and then I make you do the research to find out what it actually says. Okay. Or we do the research together. So, um, 
kind of this whole week has been kind of uh, wrapped up. You and I have had our outrage all week long about um, the uh, release of the documents. And um, actually, I think not so much the release of the documents is as shocking to me as um, the way it's being handled in as far as um, um, our favorite MTG is just talking how this guy's a great hero. Oh, on that one, yeah. yeah. And um, in fact, I saw uh, Mr. Graham on the um, Sunday morning shows going, yeah, that's, yeah, she needs to reel that in. And I'm like, well, get off the Sunday shows, man, and go go to knock on her door. <laughs> right. But, yeah, um, it's a, it's a strange one. I mean, you know, the facts are still developing on this. Um, yeah. You know, so we only know so much right now. But, but it is kind of crazy that they've latched onto this as like the guy's a hero. But it's all the. It, am I wrong? Is that is it mostly the MAGA people that are think this guy's a hero? Oh yeah, yeah. It's very politicized and polarized. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically. You know, 21-year-old kid, Jack Teixeira, Teixeira, I think is how you say it. Matt. Jack. I think it's Jack. But I could be wrong. The, uh, so, you know, obviously he was running around in these right-wing circles. He had, a, he, he, and the fact that he even had access to these documents is, of course, part of it that I still think needs to be answered a lot. Like, why did this guy even have it? I guess it was related somehow to... Um, because he was in IT somehow, because he didn't really have the, there was no sort of strategic reason for him to have access to these documents, but somehow it was related to how he has access to IT stuff. And um, he's, you know, a guard reserve, right? So he's not even full-time military. Oh, he's reserve? Yeah. Oh. Like a reserve guardsman or whatever. And so, you know, it's kind of kind of crazy that he would have access to this stuff at all. And then, you know, so then, yeah, so then he posts it. On did a, he really have access or did he hack it? Well, that's, I think, uh, still a little bit unknown as well. I mean, maybe okay. he wasn't supposed to get access, but he somehow got it through the, because of his IT connection, I guess is what they're saying. And, uh, you know, and he, he had this Discord channel, like 20, it was a small Discord channel, like 20 people, and it was pretty right-wing, like anti-Semitic and... and racist and homo, homo, not homophobic so much, but um, xenophobic. And, um, you know, and, and that should have been I can guarantee you. I can almost guarantee you it's homophobic. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And, you know, and so we had all that going on. And, and, you know, to me, why isn't that disqualifying? Like, why is he even, you know, able to have that access and not, why isn't that disqualifying qualifying for him to be in the military? Um, but so he, he gets these docs and he wants to show off and I guess he shares them on there and also for an IT guy like thinking it's going to stay in this group of 20 like you're supposed to be an IT guy like you know how the internet works nothing stays <laughs> well back up a little bit so you you think that the uh, military is supposed to teach moral values well there is a I forget what it's called but it's effectively like a code of ethics code of the standard that you're supposed code to code of ethics <laughs> it's not it's not that it's called another thing but it's something like that this is basically this rules of behavior that does okay. exist for all military and they're supposed to be, comply with those rules of behavior like all the time similar to to the police department well i don't know if the police has the same exact type of thing but the military has their own and so to me this stuff is not 
doing that. It's not living up to that. Okay. So, you know, that should have been disqualifying right there. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, but that's the other funny thing to me is he's supposed to be like an IT guy and you think he's supposed to be a young kid that should know how the internet works and you think it's going to stay in your group of 20 friends. Well, yeah, it's... Um... Like once it's out there, it's out there. <laughs> well, you know, kids trust people. I mean, this is a kid. And he's 21. This so. is a kid. No, he, he's a kid. He's still kind of a kid. Obviously, he's kind of mature based on the, based on his content on social media and stuff. But but still, I mean, come on, people. If you put something on on the net, it's, it's everywhere. It's on the net forever. And it's also everywhere. And it's not going to stay if, in and your if you're not teaching, group. If you're not teaching your children this now. Right. You should teach them this. You should have been teaching this for forever. Right. Our kids all grew up knowing that... that if it was on the internet, there's no taking it down. Even if you and also, quote, it's not going to stay in the it, circle. Yeah, even if you quote unquote take it down, it's not taken down, and that it it can wind up anywhere, any place, at any time. Yeah, exactly. So th those two things are. I mean, all, that's just two. Th I mean, it's more than two. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff there that's like we we have to know more. Like this is, and you know, and it's kind of funny because it's more than just you sort of have the the MAGA people have decided to take him on as a hero and say he's doing great things and he's exposing all this bad well, stuff. Well, didn't they also do that with, what's his name, the crier? Yeah, yeah, kid, yeah. He's the, a hero now. And he's going to be, he's probably going to be a congressman pretty soon. You think so? Oh, but, yeah. But David Hogg's not? <laughs> well, I don't know. He might be too, but... Um, but He's from Florida. He's not going to be. Oh, that's true. Um, but then the other part of it, you know, is that you know, but then there's, and then you have, like, there's other, the, the intelligence community, I'm sure, is, like, spitting this a certain way, because they're, like, why would these documents, well, we've had so many talks about secrets, like, what is going on that we can't keep our own freaking secrets? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, the word, when you say intelligence community, it's pretty, it, that's cracking me up right now, in a scary way, I should say it's more in a scary way, because our intel, it's, over the last few years, our intelligence um has turned out to be not quite very intelligent. Yeah. You know, you didn't really know that January 6th was going to go the way it went. You, you didn't know that, um, you, I mean, a million things. Let's talk about a million things that have happened. So, yeah. And, and why did it take you so long? The, do you not know that stuff gets copied? Is there not, and I guess I'm expecting my, um, the, the intelligence in our government to be a lot more uh, Mission Impossible. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, the minute someone does a click to copy that document, doesn't a red light go off? Yeah. Isn't there another room where it goes beep, 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 copied, copied, copied? I, You know, and I thought that, like, when you go in these rooms that have access to these documents, you can't take your phone with you, so you can't take pictures of it. You have to leave your phone in a black box outside where some other guard's scrolling through your, uh, <laughs> yeah. your, uh, your dick pics. But, um... And trust me, this kid probably had several dick pics. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so to me, it's like this This is just is insane that he even got out of the building with his phone or after he sent the, um, right. the document or whatever. And then the other thing that was driving me crazy, and I'll get back to my article that I brought up here in a minute. The other thing that was driving me insane is that they said, oh, well, there's... Um, and by the way, I am a number one, not an expert on anything, literally not on anything. <laughs> and all of this is my own opinion. And yes, I do need to research it a little bit more. But that's why that's why exactly why David and I have these conversations. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
why um um there's so much there's so much i don't <laughs> even know where to start why was this out there so damn long well also oh, there's that and and the other thing is is that i've been reading and mostly where i got this information was from um um i uh have friends friends i'm using in quotes on my on my social media platforms from many different uh, political standpoints. I mean, in many different religions, not just Christian and atheists and Jews, many different religious backgrounds. But the one thing I keep seeing is that, you know, that um, Biden lied and there's, there was uh, U.S. operatives in Ukraine this whole time, 14 of them, a whole 14 of them. So I did read a little bit and those 14 were people working at the embassy. And it's like, do we really consider those Well, and also, like, want, you want to protect people, you know, at the embassy, yes! right? So it's like, if they weren't there, I'd be complaining they weren't there because there wasn't anybody protecting them at the embassy. So it's like, but yeah, again, a lot of these facts, like, as they develop, and this is another one of these ones where everybody's spinning it their way, so you have the right spinning it that this is the worst, that this is the worst thing any president has ever done. To have 14 people at the embassy? Yeah, then you have the left spinning it, that's no big deal, but you know, the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? So here's another <laughs> thing, because my brain works crazy. Um, just ask my husband. Um, but um, <laughs> when a war breaks out in a country, and we have been very, I've grown up where there's not been very much i've had had to deal with very much war talk you know but when a war breaks out in a country do they shut down everything like do they shut down all the embassies it seems to me like most of this especially ukraine there's a lot of cities are just business as usual because they're kind of outside this war zone so why would why would they shut down the embassy right yeah i'm, I'm sure it's situational like it would depend it's not there's not a universal rule for that and it Certainly, if they're a hostile country, yeah, you probably get the half out. Well, if there's a hostile country, do we have an embassy there? It depends. Some we do, some we don't. It depends on what we mean by hostile, right? I mean, that was just like saying if we think that they're not particularly friendly. We have an embassy in the U.S. In, in Russia. Right. We do. Do we have an embassy, you know, I don't know, in Sudan? I'm sure we do. I mean, we've had, actually, we've had... Uh, a family that we were close to where their kids worked at an embassy in Venezuela where things got dicey for a while. And they didn't know if their kids were going to get out or not, but you remember that? Yeah, I do. And um, so I, I just don't understand. I just, I just want to take these people. And, I, I don't, and by the way, I don't comment on this stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't comment because all I do is then come back, I read it, and then I come back and yell at David. But I just, I just want to say, yes, 14 people were there manning the embassy. And your problem is what? Yeah. And, and maybe this is my uh, ignorance saying that this is okay. Well, but, I think there's going to be a lot more that has to come out from this. But still, right. but yeah, it's just kind of funny how people start, the, the, the various factions start claiming one thing or another right off the bat. <laughs> You know, and it's like, well, I'm waiting them and to, spinning it however they want. Well, and I'm waiting for them to tell me all the things that were really, really bad. And I'm like, mm, mm. well, and that's what, you know, you know, like I said, it's really hard to find, you know, to, to talk about unbiased journalism. But I mean, like when you heard the experts, they're kind of like, this is all kind of ho-hum stuff. Like, 
you know, it's not great to get out there, but it's also like it's not. There's nothing surprising here. Yeah, we spy on our on our. On this our, is totally uh, hum stuff. And yes, we're supposed to spy on our allies, but yes, <laughs> right. it, it does put us in a position where, um, you know, our allies are supposed to trust us. And if you don't think that this hurts us being able to uh, to defend ourselves, well, you are, make uh, deals and yes. what these allies are going to tell us, yes. right? If they're, if we're, if they're, but they they knew we were spying on them before. Of course they did, but now it's being like waved out in the front, saying you know. Right. And so now their people too say, "Oh, what are you doing? They're spying on us." Right. Well, yeah, yeah, they are. Um, David, they're spying on us. <laughs> well, we're not important enough to spy on. I don't think. Well, if we if there's there's a few keywords we can put in you know, <laughs> and a text yeah. message that I guarantee you, yeah, that'll, fire that'll up put some, us that'll light some of those things you talked about earlier that some beeps will go off someplace. <laughs> and I, I don't know, my behavior at the White House was not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we visited yeah, the White House. List a long time ago. We visited the White House once, and um, it, it, it was once, wonderful. Yeah. It was wonderful, and it was great, and I recommend anybody to do it but i did get in a fight with somebody in front of front of with somebody secret service <laughs> they didn't say they were secret service <laughs> you, they were, though. you can't tell by the earpiece <laughs> everybody had an earpiece on that's i true. thought he was the, i so thought he was service. the event coordinator that's hilarious. <laughs> i thought he was in charge of flowers and cocktails <laughs> And you were not getting your drink fast enough. <laughs> I wasn't being allowed on the property. Yeah. But anyway, but but my five-year-old son was being allowed on the property. I'm like, hello, back up here. Yeah, I've got to get to my kid. <laughs> right. So anyway, so going back to what we were talking about before. Um, so I found ran into this article, Washington Post. Um, it's dated April 15th um, by Drew uh, Harwell in the uh, headline said, oh, now I know everything I need to know. It says, the military love discord for Gen Z recruiting. Hmm. Then the leaks began. Oh, that's, does, it, does it say that? Comma, yes. then the leaks be yes. began? Or dot, dot, dot? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Then the Defense leaks officials Great. told service members not to post anything in discord that, uh, that you wouldn't want to see in general public, but then hundreds of secret documents have already spilled out. So I'm saying, is this is this to share a guy just the right? We don't know how many it, more is are the out camel, there. the straw that broke the camel's back. Right, right. It's in the news. We don't know how many other ones maybe aren't in the news that have already happened. For years, the U.S. military has pushed to meet prospective Gen Z recruits on Discord, an online group chat well, tool. and they have they're having a hard time recruit right now. The numbers are down, recruiting. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Army's struggling. The armed forces are struggling. Well, maybe we should take better care of our armed forces. Well, yeah. I mean, because they're saying, well, it's because the job market is so good. <laughs> well, that may, that may have a point, but I have feels about how we treat our military. Yeah, especially after they get out. Yes, 100%. And uh, while they're in and, right. you know. Um, so... So the military runs a 17,000-member chat room wow. for service members to talk about first-person shooting games. Hmm. Interesting. Meet their career counselors and participate in a one-sergeant. You're saying what a one-sergeant called the Army of Tomorrow. Well, your Army of Tomorrow is a bunch of sniveling babies who, um, <laughs> who you know, self-centered... 
self-centered to little kids. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I think I, you need to research that a little bit more. How much did the uh, armed services really use Discord? I do not know. Yeah, I'd have to look into that. I mean, I, I, like I said, I have seen stories about how recruiting has, has been a challenge, and so I wouldn't be surprised they're trying lots of different things. By the way, anybody that's on, thanks for coming on. And if you have any you know, news items of the day that we can look into or talk about, that's, that would be great too. Feel free to jump on or, or you could also chat, chat me. All right, are we, are we done with this topic or are we still going? <laughs> this is like this private document thing, this top secret document thing. It's like every week we seem to have to talk about it in one way or another. Well, from, I just... From spy balloons to this, who knows this what. This whole headline though, just... I'm also kind of like saying, like when I read this headline... The military love discord for Gen Z recruiting. I'm like, will you get, you know, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> right. We, you know, we get the government. We well, deserve isn't Gen it. Z a little old to go into the army anyway, than the military? I have no idea. No, I guess not. They're, they're right about that. I have right no now. idea what, where any of those things I think the younger off. Gen Zs are like, yeah, like high school or middle school. And the older we Gen We still Zs. have a recruit, recruiting center downtown. I know. Didn't. When I, I remember in the 80s, 1980, yeah, the 80s. Oh, I shouldn't say I remember the 80s. I mean, I was, I remember reading about reading the 80s. About it, yeah, encyclopedia, <laughs> whatever those are. <laughs> Never heard Some that. guy Britannica told me that in the 80s, <laughs> that UC Berkeley was like one of the number one recruitment, it was. recruitment centers in the country. Yeah, it was. It had Armed a, Forces Recruitment Center. You know, and in the... We're going back way far before my time, but I mean, in like the 30s and 40s and 50s, it was a very right wing. I shouldn't say right wing, but it was a conservative school. You know, it had a very conservative uh, student body and and kind of catered to that. I think that's it's always been true. That but but the um, hippie culture of Berkeley itself. Right, it's surrounded by that. Surround, yeah. Yeah. Kind of Campus itself, you know, right. I mean, the stuff going on at the Sprout student Plaza. Body, yeah. Stuff going on at Sprout Plaza is also there's no students involved in that half the time, right? right? That's just somebody that's decided to take over this plaza and use it for something, right? And it's not a student organized thing, no. But yeah. So, so I didn't. I did not realize that recruitment was down, but it's also you know if you Burger King couldn't get people to work, so now they, you know, pay what twenty dollars an hour. I, I don't know if it's that high, but yeah, some places um, do. Chick-fil-A is $20 an hour um, after the first six months or something, mm -hmm. which it's, you know, that's, that's a, you know. Just, you know, it's something. Something, although. In a lot of places in the country, by the $20 way, an hour I don't support like Chick-fil-A. like a working wage. You don't, yeah, Chick-fil-A, yeah. I'm um, no. No, I've never had a Chick-fil-A. I hear they're delicious. They, they have, I've heard that too. <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> All right, so what I else you got? It. Or uh, oh, is that the end of that one, or you got more of this one? This one could go this on one, for This a one long could take the whole time. night, yeah. This one could take some <laughs> bends and turns. Except I just don't have any more facts to talk about it anymore. Well, you know we I mean? don't it's have... like there's so but, many unknowns. But David, we make up our own facts. <laughs> yeah, we we have alternative that. facts. Is it, who, who, who coined the alternative facts? Was that what... I think Kellyanne Conway said it first, or was that it first Huckabee? press secretary guy. Huckabee. No, it was oh. before the first guy, Spicer, maybe. But I think Kellyanne Conway said it. I don't think was, Spicer did it. It wasn't him. I think it was Kellyanne Conway used that term. You know, and... Oh, yeah. You know, you could actually argue that alternative facts is an okay thing, because we could take the same facts and put a different... Facts are facts are facts are facts. They're True. not alternative. True. Well, they're, no, but I can take an alternative set of facts. 
I can no, choose my facts. No, no. Well, people do all the time. No, but they're still facts. If if they're, right, they're true, still facts. they're facts. Right, but if There's you're no saying no such thing as alternative facts. There is though, because you could say I'm pick I'm choosing a set of alternative facts to justify my position. No, I'm choosing. In other words, I'm ignoring I'm, your facts. <laughs> yes, but that's different. That's not alternative well, but, facts. But that's kind of right. But it's kind of what people do. <laughs> they they pick and choose. They Chinese menu their. It's like Chinese food menu. Like facts. teenagers who say the facts are as I was studying <laughs> yeah. at the library, not smoking. Those are the facts. Those are the alternative facts that I used. <laughs> well, right, but were you doing any of those things? If they, you weren't, then well, they weren't facts. I was at the library, absolutely. At some I point. checked out a book. Okay. And then I went and smoked. And you weren't smoking some of the time. <laughs> Not while I was at the library. You Not can't while. you can't smoke at the library. <laughs> That's why we hate the library. <laughs> There's no bar. Either. There's no bar at the library. There's no smoking. Fuck that place. <laughs> but anyway, we both take a drink at that exact moment. Yeah. No, but anyway, yes. So yes, this this topic could take all sorts of turns for the rest of the the night. But yes, so. But you and I have been kind of going back and forth with this all week because it's it's disturbing. Well, and it's just kind of more of the top secret documents have just been in the news, like just constantly. It feels like for weeks now. Where did we lose control? Did yeah, we, when did we lose did control? Did we lose control? It just seemed like well, we totally like lost the same thing we talked about. It's like. <laughs> Like the, you know, this goes way back to when, you know, they said, oh, yeah, Trump took a bunch of documents. Well, now we know everybody takes right, a bunch everybody of documents. Everybody takes whatever they want. The difference was is that everybody else said, oh, shit, I've got these documents. Yeah, take them back. Whatever. Um, oops. Oops. <laughs> oops. <laughs> Sorry. But, the, but one of the other presidents said no and actually does the research or has people do the research. I have very little doubt he does the research and found out that we paid Nixon's right. family a whole st but then that started the whole law that's that why we, these laws that's exist. why these laws yeah. exist right right that's why they changed all that about presidential records and all that yeah if you want to see if you want to see them wait till they come out in your library yeah <laughs> with you, a, yeah with all their redacted bullshit well yeah they're gonna redact them I mean somebody's got to go through that and do that redaction that's What's just what happened? Have you ever met anybody who says, oh, hi, nice to meet you. What do you do? I sell cars. Oh, I'm a redactor. <laughs> I have not met that person, but they definitely exist. What, 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 what would your job title be if you were? Or, oh, I bet it's really creative, whatever that job title is. <laughs> I, I Some think, kind of a scanner of some I sort. I think redactor is a good That's job a good, title. It's like a very sci-fi. I'm an executive redactor. It sounds sci sci like sci-fi movie. <laughs> Or a Marvel comic or something. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to move on, and then if you want to circle back, we can. Um, yeah, so I was going to move on to, you know, Congress is older today than it's ever been. Yep. Yeah, you probably already know that. Yep. Uh, I, don't, I don't need news to tell me that. All I do is look at it. <laughs> Just kind of look and tell. We have one con congressperson out because she's got shingles. We got another one out because he fell down and has a boo-boo on his head, but he needs to get back. We, you know, look at every, look at anybody who talks on on TV. They're all older than we got. What do you think the average age in the Senate is right now? Seventy-two. Well, it's only sixty-five, but still, that is pretty. But sixty-five, seventy-two, same thing. Well, sixty-five <laughs> average. I mean, that is up there, right? And the average age in the in the House is fifty-seven point eight. Might as well be fifty-nine, right? So and so that's up from nineteen eighty when it was like. 
you know, 50 and 45 or 48 uh, or something like that. So it's like, that's, that's a big difference. Do you, th do you think that the reason people want to stay in these jobs for so long is because they're so financially uh, advantageous? They get to make laws about crap and then turn around and, yeah. and, and own stocks in these companies. Right. And I mean, obviously, yeah, there's the money and the power, right? Because cause it's it's like it is kind of crazy that, you you know, in some of these house seats, I will say, not everybody that goes into the house makes a ton of money, but many do. Like, they get in there for a long time and like, okay, you have this salary. It's a good salary. It's a fine salary. But it's not like you're not going to become, you're not going to make $10 million off that salary. So where did they get $10 million or $20 million right. or even more? Right. It's like, obviously, there's more going on, right? So, right. you know, it is like, it's very much, you get very cynical about it. Well, any, anybody who becomes president is going to leave making more money, unless you're the last administration. He's not going to make any more money. But He already has. Because people keep giving him more money. Why do, why do people say... He needs money for his defense. Lindsey Graham actually He just got off his own private jet, but he needs money. money. He needs money for his defense fund. Yeah. For, for stupid stuff he did. Right. You know, this is... Uh, well, that's okay. where it's kind of funny. But, people say it's unprecedented that he, he gets charged with these things. It's also unprecedented that he had... That he did this many crimes and had this many people of his administration commit crimes. But can I say... And how, actually get, like, prosecuted for it. Can I say how proud I am of our, our girl, Katie Porter, this week? What'd she do this week? She was on um, Bill Maher. Bill Maher has a new show, right? I don't care. Whatever, but, okay. <laughs> I'm just, like, thinking... I was just reading about a lot about this early sort of outrage media evolution from the 90s. Anyway, go ahead. So Bill Mars is prominent in that, by the way. Whatever. <laughs> but she was on there, and, and someone was saying that, um, that the Tennessee Three was exactly the same thing that happened on January 6th. Right. I saw a bunch of stuff about that. And she lost her mother effing mind. And I'm swearing because she started swearing and said, are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. And, Okay, if I, I okay if I if I let all the cards out of the bag right now, I love Katie Porter. Katie Porter for life. That woman, and she's still got her damn whiteboard up there doing. Well, yeah. So I do like her whiteboard stuff, but I have to say there is a lot of theater in that, which is fine. she. No, she stepped up to the theater. She was a teacher. She was a teacher to start with. So when you're a teacher, you have to be actor. You have to be actor. So she does have that injury, but she had to step up to the. Th I don't care. I love every. I, I chef's, know you do. Chef's kiss. <laughs> I'm at your feet. I'm totally at your feet. I'm burning the candle of Katie Porter. Yeah. Well, hopefully she'll keep that seat because she's in a pretty red district. Well, she's running for a Feinstein seat. I know. Yeah, that could be tough. Well, because know. a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork and running for it. And it's like, as soon as she came out, you guys should have all said, oh, yeah, that's it. I know. It's that classic Democrat thing. They can't get their act together and get behind anybody. They just... Democrats, well, as as they, I'm my favorite, I'm my cartoon president. Democrats, we, well, we don't want to do anything. <laughs> right. We just want to let the and other they side don't do something and then complain about it. Yeah. Right. They don't do anything. <laughs> I mean, they do sometimes, but it's, it's, a, it's a battle. Name one thing. It's a battle. Well, they, they got the infrastructure bill done this last Congress. Did they? And a few other things. Sure, okay. But you know why? Katie Porter. <laughs> I'll just say Katie Porter did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, in case you guys don't know, love Katie Porter. <laughs> Single mom, making making hamburger helper for her kids. I do like that, all those aspects, though. She's pretty uh, entertaining driving, in that regard. Driving a minivan, telling her kids, nope. 
no, no TV tonight. <laughs> you know what? One thing that hasn't come out, where is Mr. Katie Porter? That's where's, a good point. Where's ex-Mr. Katie Porter? You know what? He's, he's probably going, yeah, she should do all this stuff. She, she ran me out. <laughs> oh, wait, she's, she's, oh, right. She's, she's divorced. And so the ex is uh, not in our know. picture anywhere. We don't know. And you know what? Bless her for not bringing him up. Yeah. She doesn't need him. All right. Well, um, what else you got? You want to jump to another one? Well, what do you got? Well, I, I have. Uh, well, I, I saw. I have a couple more. I don't have a whole lot. So, um, I, did, you, did you see that NPR? Did you see that NPR got off Twitter? Yes, I did on see all that. Their accounts? I did see that. I did see where NPR said, basically, flipped the middle finger to Elon Musk and said, "We're out." Yep, we're out. Because he, Elon he, Musk kept trying to... Um, he, he declared them state-affiliated media. Right. Yeah, so they just left. I think more news media should get off there, to be honest with you. I Legitimate think so news too. media should get off there. I, would, I think that it's time to do that. 100%. And you know what, NPR? I'm, I'm behind you. This well, is, it, it annoys me, like... Um, you could easily say that NPR is left center, but the yes. way that you say and when people say NPR is like radical, no, crazy, they're not. No, like they absolutely are not. In fact, you know, I'm not. You know, it doesn't surprise me that 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 left is often mad at them for not being like more on the MSNBC page or whatever, right? Because they are. They're much more neutral and unbiased, but they have a reputation of being this, or at least among uh, people on the right, they have this reputation of being insanely right wing, right? It's crazy because they are not. If you actually look at all the media bias reporting out there and studies people do on that reporting, they're relatively centrist. Right. They're they're not the ones that have been sitting there when everyone when everyone's all, "Why are you reporting on Trump? Why are you reporting on Trump?" It's news. It's not news. It's it's not news. And they have done very little. Much of it's not news. Well, they'd still do it. They still know, report stuff. They do some stuff, but it's not like it has not taken over their their channel twenty four seven. Right, and they don't fall into the outrage media stuff very, very rarely. No, but I was, I, I actually was kind of um, excited when I heard that. And you yeah, know, I know. You know I, I heard that? Uh, TikTok, I, I can almost guarantee it. No. No. You're absolutely incorrect. You heard it on Twitter. No. <laughs> Just ironically, no. Okay. No. I am a member of NPR. Oh, I so, listen to NPR. I was going to say, so you heard it listening, or I was thinking maybe they emailed you a blast about it. But no, no well, they probably listening. did, but then I would have to look at my email. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you you did, could not be trusted oh, to look way, at your email. By the way, did you email anything this week? Uh, probably, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time when we lived by our email, and now it's like, oh, you know, and when people go, oh, I'll just send you an email. I'm like, hmm. It is funny because, yeah. yeah, because. I might see it. I might not see it. I mean, we go back far enough on the net because, well, you well, knew me. So right. we had email. Because I know you. Because we had email way before there was even the web, right? We had email. We were using email before there was the web. And, right. And it was so funny to watch this in, uh, out in public, to watch this change over time where. You know, if we mentioned email to somebody, like, they didn't know what we were talking about. No, I remember, because remember when I quit my job. I mean, we are dating ourselves. But. I know, we are. <laughs> I, quit, I quit my job, and I said, oh, here's, here's my email. And they went, well, we don't know what to do with this. Well, she, they say it's maybe a little too close. Maybe I made you move it too. Maybe just clip it like mine is, and it'll just work. Oh, so. A little bit closer. Now you though. know how David hears me every day yelling. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's blowing away. Yeah. All right, see if that works better. Is that better? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, and I, when I quit my job to, um, when we went and did the internet stuff, uh, they, I said, oh, well, here's my email. And they're like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm like, well, this is what I got. <laughs> you will know. Trust me. You will know. Yeah, you'll know someday. Yeah. You'll but know. then I can remember like being out places. We'd be like at a restaurant somewhere and the table next to us would suddenly be talking. Yeah, I got this thing and it's called email or whatever. And I'd send an email and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, isn't that cute? <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, you use email now. We're terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny to watch that change. It was actually kind of cool because, of course, we were kind of involved in that. It's kind of rolling out the early Internet stuff. Well, so let's, let's go back to, yeah, I, congratulations, actually, here. Cheers. Good job. Good job. Um, let's go back to NPR and, and getting off Twitter. So um, so how can we support this? What, what can we do? I mean. I don't know. I mean, it's like I want to support NPR's uh, move. Right, because that's that. a gutsy move. I mean, because obviously there's a, they're losing a huge audience there for sure. Because you're not just instantly going to go to Mastodon or Substack or something and suddenly have all those access to all those things. Right, people. and then unless they post something to Twitter saying we're leaving Twitter, how are the people going to know they're leaving Twitter? Well, and also how are people going to pick them up elsewhere yet? I mean, these other platforms don't have you know, the same I, reach. I think yet. I should, I'm going to ask Katie Porter how she feels. You should about probably ask this. Katie Porter, see what she has to say on that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Katie Porter is just... I do love her little charts and stuff. It is pretty funny. The best one was when she was talking to the guy about, the banker guy about uh, compound interest, and the banker guy freaking couldn't figure out the math of compound interest. No, he had no idea. It was hilarious. How do you run a bank and not know that math? Well, and then he also, when she had that drug company, I forget, it was a long time ago. Uh, what was your bonus this year? And he's like, well, I don't know. She goes, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how do you not know? How do you not know? Yeah. You know you know. And, you uh, absolutely know. So this one drug that people need just for daily survival, you raise the uh, price of that by 4%, but, and you can justify getting this bazillion-dollar bonus. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> well, I'd have to talk to my children. You don't have to talk to You don't have to talk to anybody there. Just you talk and to I me. Are just you and me right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a... She's a gem. Okay, so we, do you want to get out of politics? I don't care. Go wherever you want. I've, I, most of the rest of the stuff I have is not politics, particularly. Yeah. Well, this is the thing about you and I. So, like, if we always think um, we're going to do when we do our sit-down and we do our little breakdown for the, the week, which we've been doing for a while, since actually since COVID. Um, we've kind of been doing this just to, like, have a... Um, Learning the art of conversation again. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Because the art of conversation is is going away. Um, so, but this week has been, there's been a lot of the uh, an outrage of... Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff. What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? So we've kind of covered a lot of stuff already. When I left a lot out, because it's just like, I don't want to talk about any of that. I know you don't want to talk about it. But, but go ahead, talk about whatever. Um, shipping prices are coming way down again. Yeah, you were saying something about that. Yeah, so we should see prices normalizing. So I, I wonder what that's going to do for the economy. Well, I saw some, some small dip in inflation. It was pretty small. 
But I don't know. These economists see a small dip and think it means something big. So we'll see. But it's still it's like five percent compared to the two percent they want, right? We think about it, okay. So here I'm going to pull a little bit of the curtain back. So um, I work for a company that imports, and um, and I'm going to talk about that as one of my items. Go ahead. Oh, nice. So um, there were, you know, let's. I'm just going to do some round number pricing. Don't hold me for, to any of this pricing. Um, you know, back in 2020. Before well, lockdowns. Well, the, the end of 2019. So, yeah. Sort of like lockdowns, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, getting a container from France to Boston, $3,500. Give or take. Give or take. Yeah, $3,500. You know, the, the size of the container, whatever. It skyrocketed. Wasn't it like fifteen grand at one point? Not to Boston. Not to Boston. I'm, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use the port of Boston as a reference. Skyrocketed. Well, like thirty five hundred dollars, and then suddenly it was all it was nine thousand dollars. That's a big change. That's a huge change. Especially when there's these are you know minimal, um, you know these are low profit, high volume wines for the most part. Uh, I didn't say what we were. Able I know, to but I'm just saying that that's a big we factor. Reporting. I'm just saying that's a factor when a lot of stuff coming over is that kind of product. Well, no, and 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 you know, yeah. Well, whether I, it's wine or anything else. Let's talk about you know high high. Um, I don't care, whatever, whatever you put in the damn container, just getting the container. The container's freaking empty. Right. It's cost you. Used to cost thirty five, skyrocketed to nine thousand, pretty much overnight. Well, now it's slowly creeping back, and we're getting we're kind of uh, flirting with getting back to the you know four thousand thirty five hundred again. Hmm. So interesting. So what's that going to do for for the economy? I'm wondering. Yeah, I mean it is funny how you have these ripple effects, and they're hard to predict exactly what happens. And it sometimes isn't quick; like sometimes it takes a little while to. What happened to? Why did? So I'm saying so. Also, just because I'm not an economist, I'm very undereducated in this area. What happened? You know, there's only a very few companies who control those steam lines across the the ocean. So what happened to the? It cost thirty five hundred. Now it's nine thousand. So what happened to that fifty five hundred dollars? Where did that go? That all went into that guy's pocket. Well, yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know all the costs associated with all that and how it works, but I, I pretty much know. From, what costs? We know from up? the other side, like the truckers didn't exactly make a bunch of extra money. No, no. <laughs> they got sort of paid the same no. amount. No. So we know it didn't go there. So I don't right. know whose pocket it went in. It went into that. The sh- well, and, and when Biden came, Biden said he was going to look into that. I'm going to look into to the shipping costs. Yeah, because you're like, that, this doesn't even factor tariffs. This is just shipping costs. Oh, well, oh. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm just we saying tariffs talk, are separate. We can talk about the whole tariffs debacle. Right, but I'm saying tariffs are separate. This is just raw shipping, right? It doesn't when, include the when tariffs. When tariffs go into effect, usually tariffs say, okay, the tariff's been decided. We're going to do a tariff. And, the, and a tariff is an extra tax on top of what's going on. And we're going to do an extra tariff, and that tariff is going to start as of blah. And they always frame these tariffs that France or Italy or whoever is going to pay them. No, we pay them. No, the, yeah. <laughs> and no, any extra cost, any well, extra cost. Who do you think pays period, that? We pay the it. The consumer always pays. Yeah. They always get it. Yeah. 
But we did have that situation in the last administration where he said, yep, tariffs are going to go into effect today. Right. Which so suddenly we had stuff on the water that now cost 25% more than, than would, when the person... That was worked into the formula or whatever, yeah. 25, no. We had our customers buy this stuff. They knew it was yeah. coming. And we had to say, oh, by the way, yeah. now there's a 25% tax on that. Yeah, that doesn't go over well. Right, but this shipping cost is separate from that. You're not including any of that, right? This is just the raw shipping cost. Correct. Yeah. So I'm wondering now how this is going to... Oh, yeah, by the way, those tariffs are done. Well, I thought they a bunch of them still exist. No. Well, a bunch of tariffs still exist, but those immediate... Were... Some of those ones went yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah, because people were complaining that Biden didn't get rid of enough of the tariffs. I don't know if that's true. I haven't really investigated that. He got, Well, he got rid of the tariffs I cared about. Really? Really? Yeah. So like scotch and gin. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> All right. So while we're on the topic of wine, I, I saw an article. And I thought, well, this will be interesting. And it's, 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 uh, the, the headline is, how long does wine last after it's open and how to tell if it's gone bad? So don't say anything yet because you're going to be shocked by this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with the red wine. Right, you know how I tell you. You know how you tell it's gone bad. It's yeah. gonna last a few days, and you know how you tell it's gone bad. According to them, how it doesn't taste good anymore. Uh, <laughs> okay. By the way, it doesn't last a few days. This this is so speculative. Yeah. Okay. This is what I've learned. I thought you'd enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> there are some wines. This is after it's opened. How long does it last after open. it's opened? I can't tell you. It depends on the wine, the region, I mean, the uh, appellation, the, the type of wine, the how it's being stored, the whole thing. But as as a general rule with red wine, open it, drink it. Right. As a general rule. For sure. As a general rule with white wine, open it, drink it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as a general rule with any sparkling, open it, drink oh, it. Oh, by the way, you know how you tell if the sparkling is going? There's no sparkle left. <laughs> There's no sparkle left, in case you were wondering. Oh, uh, <laughs> my God. So, luckily, uh, this is like a, I don't know, this is probably a, I don't know, a thousand word, 750 word article, and that's... About, about if it doesn't taste good, don't drink it? Yeah, basically, at the end wow. of the day. Uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, they have to fill this with some Google SEO content, right? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, they, no. uh, you know, and it says that a lighter white with higher acidity levels might last up to five days. Again, open it and drink it. That's the recommended pr procedure. Yep, open it, drink it. Um, and then, uh, and then a red sh should typically a typical white or red should be consumed within three days. I don't know that even that's questionable. Open it, drink it. Open it, drink it. Open it, drink it. Yeah. Maybe next day. If you care for it properly. Here's the thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an expert on this. But I know if if you've got if you've got a if you spent a, a decent amount on a on a um, on a wine, just just drink it. It's a bottle of wine. Right. Just drink it. Well, and that's even true. You know, it's like sometimes we keep these wines. It's like. Some of those wines shouldn't keep that long. Just open that thing and drink it. 
okay. The that's two, a whole different topic. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, sparklings and white wines do, do not. You're not. Do not age those. No. Don't age them. They're, those are. If you're gonna buy a champagne, two years. As uh, champagne has a two-year shelf life. So all these champagnes that are like super old and stuff, then you're you're talking thousands of dollars. But any champagne you have is a two-year shelf life. And by the time you get it off your shelf, it's already, let's say, in the best circumstances, eight months old. Yeah, at least six months. Yeah. No. Probably at least eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, open it, drink it. That's my advice to you. Yeah, that's definitely a good advice. <laughs> but, but, and then cook with it. If it comes crappy, just cook yeah, with it. Yeah, that's true. If it's special, yeah, that's true. You can always cook with it. Always nice to have those extra cooking wine bottles in the fridge. <laughs> then we, but we we drink them. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it always happen that way. Yeah, don't don't for a second think that we have these great palettes because we don't. We're, but I definitely have a, a diminishing returns palette. Like, you know, if you give me a hundred dollar wine, I could probably tell the difference between that and a twenty dollar wine. But you start going up from there, I'm like I'm lost at that point. I couldn't tell the difference. Well, actually, I've tasted. I have been. I've had the great privilege to taste some very expensive, very nice wines where I went, holy crap, that is amazing. But um, also, they didn't offer me seconds? a bottle. No, no <laughs> seconds. They said, here's your glass of wine. Like, wow, that was so good. <laughs> but, um, but those are few, very few and far between. And there's that's nothing that... I can walk through a store, or I think anybody can walk to a store and look at a label and go, that's the one. Well, no. no. Well, like I said, I'm not sure my palate could really differentiate after a certain point. You know, it's just getting too subtle at that point. And by the way, if you're having a whole night of really good of, of wine and everything, always drink the good bottle of wine first. Exactly, yeah, for sure. By the end of the night, <laughs> 19 Crimes is going to taste great. <laughs> You know, start you, you know, start your evening with your your champagne and your toast or your your white wine and stuff. But your good, your very expensive good red wine, that is the first bottle you're going to open. For sure, absolutely. And don't give it to your your crappy nephew who doesn't care. Make sure that you open that bottle with only people who are going to appreciate it. Yeah, open the second bottle for them right away. Just give them some of that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I only have one other thing really on my list. What do you well, got? Well, I have. I thought this was interesting because of a conversation we had recently. That is that um, having a positive attitude about aging prevents memory loss. Wait. What? Exactly. What's that from? Who's who's the source for that? Well, this is a article, a news article by Lisa Rappaport um, from Everyday Health. I don't really know that site, but okay. Well, it's not Mad Magazine. <laughs> oh, that poor guy died. That guy died. That, that yeah. I shouldn't say that poor guy. That guy was old. Yeah, I mean, he's 90 but, something, but that I mean, that big was bucket cool. of wind. He, cool. he had a bunch of cool stuff that you he know, did. You know, here, cheers to him. Cheers. Just tip a, tip a sip for him. Tip a sip for him for sure. When it comes to... What, Jaffe? That's his name, right? Jaffe, Al Jaffe, yeah, yeah. Al Jaffe, yeah. We should start that whole thing about how Mad Magazine was such a huge a part of our childhood. And, I used to love um, getting those. 
Oh, yeah. Talk to your family. They're like, hey, you don't want that. It's like, and yes, I do. And remember at the end, you'd, you'd, oh, yeah, the, the last the page, you'd thing. fold it and it was something else. Yeah. yeah. And then and um, you'd guess what it was going to be before you folded it. Right. And then... Um, these people have no idea what we're talking about. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Let, just let us let us reminisce for a minute. And then we... Um, so one thing we did do with, um, with our children is tried to... Uh, give them these base things that you know like we did give our kid a subscription to mad magazine and at first he was like what the but then he totally but we he still has them all still, oh does he he yeah. kept them yeah that's funny yeah and um we also made him watch several movies that like bill and ted and the mel brooks movies Gotta and, see. oh and, yeah yeah and we also made him watch um Oh my gosh! I can't remember the name of this movie. Rosebud. Oh, Rosebud. The, uh, Citizen Kane. Citizen stuff Kane. Like that. Movies that we thought that you know, look. Classics. If you're going to live in society, you need to know these references. <laughs> well, you should know more than just the references. You and you should, like. should, yeah. I mean, when we talk about spy versus spy, you should know what that means. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, I'd say we our kids are pretty well rounded and. Uh, Although that's just us saying that. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, knock wood, they're successful and taking care of themselves and doing great. But, so Everyday Health says when it comes to avoiding age-related memory loss, your outlook on getting older might make a difference. Does that mean you just deny it? Is yes. That more or less what we're talking about? Which I think that's a oh, good and, strategy. And by the way, you guys think that we're just bringing this up for the, this little this recording we're doing oh no this is stuff we talk about all the time <laughs> no seriously i would say hey look at this this is and um well and some we know some people that like you know in their 50s they're acting like they're 90 it's like dude like <laughs> i know i know yeah so there's a new study published by jama network open no idea what that, that is. That's a strange thing. Yeah. People with mild con cognitive impairment were 30% more likely to recover lost memory function when they had a positive attitude about I, aging. About positive? I don't exactly know what a positive attitude about aging means. I don't know what they mean by that. doesn't go into any details. I, I, they have like a survey well, you take okay. or something. Did you not hear me say earlier that this is where I bring up the, <laughs> the title of the article and then make David go study it? I was going to research that. This, this is where I just read a little bit. I skim it, read a little bit and go, hey, this is how I feel now. Yeah, yeah I'm I feel gonna, good now. I feel good. I feel great. Hey, David, what do you think? And then you go, mm, I don't know. I have to read more. Good. You do that. Oh, that's something we could talk about briefly is I, I, I referred a bunch of people to that perception gap test and I saw a bunch of people did take it. Oh, okay. I took it. Uh, I took it too. But yeah, I saw a bunch okay. of people took it. Well, so, so, oh, screw people getting old. So anyway. Well, I'm just saying, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I'll have to research that. I mean, it makes sense, I it suppose. Makes sense. If you just embrace aging. Well, not only embrace it, but say like, I don't know, like I said, it's almost like denial. Like you just say, yeah, you know, whatever my age is, forget it. Like I'm still going to do these things. I mean, like I saw a thing saying something about boxing after 50. It's like, dude, how about boxing after 80? I got 80-year-old in, in my boxing class. 
I know, I know. It, it, but see, 50s, like, where people start thinking. They start freaking old. out. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so I'm just saying that, yeah, we're old. And, I want to uh, send some of my 80-year-olds off to go fight some of these 50-year-olds and see how it goes. <laughs> like, like, hey, back up. Backyard boxing. Boxing, <laughs> boxing classes are not about kicking ass. I know, I know. They're boxing just about fitness. Classes it's all about, about fitness. I'm just joking. No, about. it's not about fitness. It's about, it's, it has a lot to do with cognitive. It and, totally does, yeah. And, Absolutely. Yeah, so... You know, you need to you need to rethink your teaching, coach. No, no, I totally get that. And I mean, one of my students got prescribed boxing because he has Parkinson's. Right. And uh, you know, and his his doctor said this will help. And and it's because of the mental. You're mixing the mental and physical, and that really does have an effect. That really does, you know, do things that just one or the other alone don't do. So mixing that, learning a combination and practicing that mixes the movement with the memory. And that makes a big difference. Well, the memory was huge for me. Mem- memory the, those long well, combos. The, 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 the choreography of it. And basically, it's choreography. Yeah. 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 The choreography of it, and just and when I take your class, and I'm, I just look at you, and go, Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I give you those eight move combos, no. and ten move combos. Are you kidding stuff. me? <laughs> it's easier for me to do that because I get to come home and, and yell at you. Go, are you? We we can't do that. That's too much. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the the uh, perception test. Oh yeah, the perception gap. Perception gap. So the perception gap test. So at first I didn't understand this. So the perception gap. Did we do this little test, and where you you it asks you it's only like seven it's questions. Ge- it's very general. Yeah, they're pretty general. Ask you seven questions on where do you think hardcore Democrats stand on this. It doesn't even say hardcore. It just says, where do you think Democrats stand? This is how I read it. Okay, okay, okay. Where do hardcore <laughs> Democrats stand on this? And you say, X percentage think of think this, and X percentage think that. And, and then where do... And, and I was surprised when they went to where do hardcore Republicans stand, and they were different... They were different, different questions, They yeah. were different topics. I think it's because the, the the assumptions we make. Like, I think, you know, there was stuff like, you know... Uh, Democrats, what percentage of Democrats think we should have totally 100% open borders? Right. Because that's like one of these kind of myths or, or people that, that get said about Democrats, right? And I think, I'm trying to remember some of the ones about Republicans. I think it was like, what percent of Republicans think there should be like no gun laws? Something like that, I think right. is one of the, one of the examples. Right. And, and again, these are a little bit hard because they're devils in the details, of course, but, so they're pretty general. So you're kind of making a guess about what your interpretation of what they're saying is. Who did this test? I forget what the group is called. Okay, I don't trust it already. No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty legit group. They're one of these kind of groups trying to kind of bring people together a little bit. It's, it's one of these kind of common, you know, um, find, trying to find common ground groups. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. And they've got a bunch of other things. But, but the perception gap is kind of just to remind you that we have more in common than we think we do. That's kind of the point of it. Then why didn't they ask the same questions for this? Well, because people have... Um, you know, there's these stereotypes about each side, right? So they had some of the... You they took, tell them what the test is so people can... It's called the perception gap. Um, I, have to, I don't have the... I don't know if I can read the link off. I don't remember the link right now, but I can I find it. it. Well, I'm sure if you look up perception gap... Yeah, you can probably find it. I, um, and yeah, so it's a, it's a perce- is this perception gap test. It's only like a little quiz thingy. It's only like, um, like Lisa says, like eight questions or something like that. And, you know, it's pretty general... 
but it kind of just gives you an idea of whether how far off we are about um, about what we think about the other side, and that's kind of the point: is that we need to be a little bit, you know, cognizant that we have a lot more in common than we think we do. Okay, actually, it's pretty easy. It's the website URL is perceptiongap.us. And who does it? Um, I forget this organization, um, but they're one of these organizations trying to do. It's this organization called More in Common, and they're trying to sort of. Um, and it was put together, this, this particular perception gap study was put together by a subgroup of this more in common group called the Hidden Tribes of America Project. And it's been a project that they've done to try to find, to try to show that we have more in common than we think we do. Interesting. And that's what that's kind of about. So it's an interesting little test. And again, the point is kind of like, you know, like it's kind of trying to do that same thing about kind of humanizing their side a little bit more and realizing we overestimate how extreme they are. Well, and I think when whatever I took, the other side I took, means for you. When I took the test, um, it um, I I thought I would when I, I go. Oh, you my, thought you'd nail my it. My scores weren't so bad, but then I started to think about no, my scores are bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I no, I didn't nail it. I mean, but we. Well, we know someone to the test that got zero percent. And that's weird. I don't. I I want to talk to her about that because that's weird. Well, no. Think, think. Consider the source. Yeah, that's true. Consider, but um, but no, almost everybody has do, a perception. I didn't do gap. much better than that. Almost everybody has a perception. Well, zero percent means she was right on. She like she didn't have a gap. Her no, estimate. I mean, she didn't guess any of them correct. No, no, no. It means that she was off by zero percent. So she oh, well, actually then I was. I did well. You, I mean, yeah, I don't remember your numbers, but I mean, yeah. 14%. Well, I mean, that's a bit of a gap, but it's not huge. Hey, 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 hey. It's a bit of a gap, but it's not huge. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm very well aware of my surroundings. Well, and well, I think the big piece of it is uh, how bad are you overestimating, say, the other side, you know, whatever sort of the other side might mean for you, uh, is like sort of more extreme than you think. I know I got a squeaky chair, sorry. But anyway, that's kind of what it's about, and... You have a squeaky chair and I'm out of wine. <laughs> oh, well, you can have some red. <laughs> well, that's been open for a day. It has, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it was, it's an interesting little test. And I that, need to look at that test again because before I can talk about it more because I... Well, for me, the questions are pretty vague, so there's a lot of interpretation of what they really mean by those questions because they were pretty general. I want Katie Porter to take the test. <laughs> See where she's at. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys know, I really love <laughs> Katie Porter. But yeah, it's perceptiongap.us. It's an interesting little survey. It's only like seven questions. All right, something like that. So, um, spoiler alert, I'm gonna, I want to talk a little bit about um, the big door prize, the show on. Um, <laughs> okay, the Apple. Morphia machine or whatever it's yeah. called. Is anybody else totally freaked out that you have to give your yeah, social security number? You know your something's coming out about that, right? Your social security and your fingerprints, yeah. I mean, this is, I, is, this, is this a spoiler? I'm not, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. I think that's probably not a huge spoiler. But every time they go in, I mean, I know we're only I know. up to whatever. Right. We're every, not all the way done with it yet. Every time we go in, <laughs> sorry, Bless I'm going to sneeze. Bless you. <laughs> we don't have a cough button. No, uh, I do have a pause. I could have paused it. Oh, Sorry. well, whatever. Or muted it, whatever. But I, I like this show. I love this show because I love the actors. But every time... And I do they, want to see where it goes. But then 
freaking me out. That I know, and everybody just does it. Everyone just puts it in their I know, it's like, that way we get to that prompt, I'd be like, nope, not doing that. <laughs> this is like really bothering me about this show. And that's got to come back at some point, because that's so significant in the whole thing. It's got to come back at some point that that's, like, that's really weird, right? It's, very, it's upsetting to me. It's really upsetting. It's super upsetting, yeah. It, it is upsetting. So, but anyway, watch the show. Just, just know you're going to be upset when they ask you. When they your, get to that part. When they ask you for your social security number, your fingerprints. Well, I was going to say we don't know how it ends because, but nobody knows because they're releasing these episodes just now. So uh, I guarantee you, a lot of people know how it ends. Oh, some people may know how it ends, but yes. But yeah, I mean, they haven't released all the episodes yet, so they're just dropping them once a week or whatever. Which I hate that. I just want them to drop them all at once. Well, that's because we're now spoiled with uh, streaming and that we just want it all there. Like, yeah. Remember how much we used to fight streaming? Did we? Yes. Were we those people? Yes. I don't remember that. We wanted our TiVo and... We well, there's still features that TiVo have that I still want streaming my TiVo doesn't have. I still just want my... I, I want a, a better uh, gathering system. I want to tell yeah. you. Yeah, oh, it's, it's ridiculous. I you can't remember, you was it on Hulu? Watch. Was yeah. it on HBO? Yes. Was it on Netflix? I can't yes. remember. Freaking can't yes. remember. Yes, and that's Well, and remember, I built, we built, I worked on that product how many years ago? I know. This I is know. like 10 years ago we built that. We basically built that product. A long, longer than 10 years ago, but yeah, it was a long I mean, time. obviously it was before its before, time. Before your time, right. But the problem is nobody wants that product to exist because they all want to contain you in their little world. I know. You know, and that's, that's what's annoying. Everybody wants you to contain you in their little world. I'm sorry, I guys. You, I bet you Katie Porter loves her TiVo, too. Probably does. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't even, we, don't, we have TiVos laying around that have stuff on them. Yeah. In the attic and so on. Our, our, uh, our great-grandkids are going to pull this shit out and go, what the hell? Although I'm telling you, I'm saving that lockdown ale, a lockdown porter yeah. can, because that's going to be like 50 years from now, that's going to be like an interesting talking point. We're going to Conversation have been, piece. We are going to have so many more lockdowns before. You think so? Yes. Wow. Okay. So yes. you think pandemics are going to become more yes. common? Yes. Interesting. Yes. It's. I mean, I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yes. Because it was 100 years since the last lockdown, right? I know, but lockdowns are going to be a lot easier with technology. What do you mean? We had lockdowns, and my work didn't slow down one iota. Oh, I see what you're saying. People could still you're Right, work. but they're not just going to randomly lock down people. I mean, theoretically, this would be because of a pandemic, right? Not just sure. going to randomly. Sure. <laughs> no, there's going to be lockdowns. Are you, are you kidding? Hmm. So you think they'll be way more common. I also want to get out of the whole um, mindset of, I own this, so it's going to be worth something someday. Well, I don't care if it's worth something. I just think it'll be an interesting conversation piece. Yes, I think the the, the first lockdown. Yeah, the twenty twenty lockdown. The twenty twenty lockdown. The 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 first lockdown. But yeah, I think there's going to be. A, I see lockdowns in our lives now as a regular thing. Interesting. I, I okay. You didn't know that about me. I well, no, I didn't. You don't think that next. Because they already say there's that, um, the Indian version. Of, right, but this is all part of the same COVID. It's all part of the same COVID, but... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, saying there's going to be another pandemic. You don't think there's going to be another virus that, that gets released somehow? Like that soon. And when I say released, I don't mean lab released. I mean, Whatever. Somehow it just gets released into life. 
Yeah. So, all right. Well, I always talk something. Oh, God damn it. I hate this. I always talk about something about the uh, AI stuff, right? Yeah, and, and I hate you, that. And you hate that part. But, so what percentage of people do you think uh, can't tell if a, if a piece of writing was done by a, the computer or the or a human? 90. 53% for GPT 3.5 and 64% for GPT 4.0. So basically close, over half the people can't tell the difference between something written by AI and something written by a person right now already. This is like what, a few General months? General public, 90%. Well, yeah, I guess you don't trust what the tool tester site did for polling. <laughs> right, I mean, did they post, is this a random survey? I don't know, but, I mean, I, I think that's pretty significant that already half the people can't tell the difference. I think it's much higher than that. It's already higher than that? Yes, I think yeah. it's higher than that from when they wrote this article. What, what's the date of that article? Well, this article is new. I don't know exactly when they did the survey, but... Um, they did it in late February. Yeah, it's much. They fun. they polled two thousand American adults and had them compare seventy five pieces of text, and then they had to try to figure out which ones were AI and which ones were human. Seventy five pieces. Okay, so the general public did not do that. Well, two two thousand people of general public did. Uh, you just don't understand how surveys work, do you? I also understand how sample size works. I also understand that that people are lazy and are like going, "Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to read 75 decks and tell you which ones are real and which ones aren't." So, and by the way, just because they're written by AI doesn't mean they're not real. They're still real, but I mean, well, I didn't say real, but yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I said real. Yeah. So they were more accurate at picking tech stuff that was computed by AI. That's interesting. Entertainment. Uh, and, and health stuff was the worst. They were actually more likely to get it wrong than right on health stuff. It's interesting. That's not interesting. That's a fact. Yeah. There, was a, there was an article, that I didn't even bring it up because I thought it was so cartoonish. That um, And actually, this is our, net, our next sitcom, David, the AI doctor. Well, that's already pretty close, yeah. I mean, GPT 4.0 already can pass medical exams. Well, the, there was an uh, article that says, should, should you ask the AI for medical advice? And? No. It said no? Yeah, it said no. Oh, it's going to happen. Well, it, it's absolutely first of all, happen. AI has been involved in medical advice for a long time now. Yes, but it's a big shift over the last few months. Uh, no, it's huge. Is it? Oh, yeah. When you, when you go and get an x-ray right now, and there's nobody in that hospital that reads your x-ray. It's being sent out, and it's, it's being digitally scanned and read. And then some sort of uh, doctor in another, maybe even another country, tells you, just confirms the, the uh, readings. Dude, yeah, that's it. X-rays are not being read by people. No. And they haven't been read by people in a That's long time. That's possibly true, but but it's like not possibly text, true. It is true. Like they've done already some surveys where um, they compared, like people talking about their symptoms, explaining their symptoms, and comparing it to live human doctors compared to GPT doing it, and GPT was better at diagnosing what they had. So this is. 
pretty crazy stuff. In case you heard me, that was me growling in my microphone. <laughs> growling? Yeah, I went. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and this is only, like, we're only a few months into this. It's going to be cr pretty crazy. So doctors should be scared. Well, I don't know if scared's the right word because I don't know exactly how this is all going to play out. But, but obviously, yeah, I mean, well, doctors are already feeling threatened a little bit, right? Because people are, like, looking at things like competition. They want second opinions, stuff like that. And now they're going to want second opinions from AI, right? And these doctors well, are going to have to do better than AI. Competition. I mean, it, competition isn't a second opinion. Second opinion is you're dealing with your health. Yeah. I just want that looked at again. But from that doctor's perspective, that's how they see it. I just want to know it. what those blue dots on my butt are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a callback to a show you guys should be watching. <laughs> but so I, I thought that was an interesting thing that, that uh, right now we're already at half, half the time people can't tell the difference between AI and human. I think it's much higher. You could be right. What do you mean could be right? Well, and I think people are underestimating how much stuff you're probably reading has already been created by AI, at least, you know, sort of created and then tuned by a human maybe a little bit. I'm sure that's happening at, at, at a big level. Yeah. I mean, I'm publishing transcripts and stuff that are all AI, but that's at least real humans talking first, and it's just a transcript trying to figure out what people said. Well, that's not, I guess that is AI, but that, It uh, is AI just... trying to do it, but yeah. It's not generating the content from scratch. No, it's... Just it, all it's doing is changing that to changing voice to. Uh... Yeah. Remember in the old days when um, uh, subtitles used to be what do they close closed caption mm -hmm. used to be actually someone oh, typing. They still do that. Typing actually. in the other room, and you, we'd always just watch it, waiting for that guy to to um, have Make, a typo. Or just go go insane one day yeah. and say crazy stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. go typo right into. I think a lot of that, I'm sure it's going to convert more to AI, but a lot of that today is still done that way. Like there's a person talking about No, there's stuff. not. I think so. Some of it's no still way. happening that way. Well, you know how these industries take a while to change? But that should have been changed a long time ago. I think a lot of it that you see on... Closed on, caption is not some dude in another room. It's not like on, on YouTube and stuff. It obviously is not. But some of the live stuff I think is still done that same way. Because that... That but you know that's can be a, translated and that's that a business quickly. that's going to go away. That business should have gone away. Yeah. Because the, the um, error rate was just too high. Well, and, and the and AI we can, lived for the error rate. The AI can do just as well at this point. It could do much better, and that's but but that technology has been around forever. Well, I, no, I, I'm telling you, like on live media, I think that they have been slow to change. Because these companies get huge amounts of money, right? They don't want to let those contracts go. But yeah, it's going to change if it hasn't already. Like you say, you may be right on that, that more of it has changed than I think. But fairly recently, this was still done by people, a bunch of it. The 50s? <laughs> no, not the 50s. <laughs> I wasn't alive. Okay, okay. You I wasn't alive in the 50s. 60s. <laughs> There wasn't even closed captioned in the 50s. There was not. When did closed captions start? I have no idea. I'm assuming. Excuse me? You need to know that. I do not know that. But I have been looking into, like I said, a bunch of the history about how sort of outrage media developed in the 90s. I mean, outrage media existed, but it was more fringe and not mainstream. I um, mean, there was outrage radio and stuff like that. I'm trying to remember. Smoot was a guy like way back in the 50s. Smoot. Yeah, there was some guy. Like he was kind of the Rush Limbaugh type guy. 
but way in the 50s and 60s. But he didn't have a huge audience. He was very fringe. But in the 90s, this became mainstream. And I learned something I did not know. I, I did not know that MSNBC actually came out before Fox News. I, I thought that. I thought Fox News was first. No. Yeah, MSNBC was first. And, it, wasn't and Fox News was like, I don't know, six months or nine months later. So CNN was, C- was CNN was first. first. And Fox News and, and MSNBC thought, came out to try to compete with CNN. Yeah, and I thought MSNBC came out right after that. Well, CNN had been out for a while. But there's Fox also CNBC. Yes, there's a lot, which is a, that's a totally separate thing, but yeah. Yeah, what is that now? Does it still exist? It still exists online. I don't know if it has a channel on TV. Mm. I'm not sure. Well, I guess I knew something you didn't. I already knew that. You knew MSNBC came out first. Yes. Interesting. I did not. I, I thought Fox News came out first. No. No. And then, but we still can't call it Fox News. Well, that's what it's called. Is it? Is it? Is it, it is. Is it really? It is. Even though it's basically Fox opinion. Trial starting part. this week, so we'll uh, get to see how the this Dominion plays thing. out. You know what's going to happen? They're going to pay a fine. It'll all be fine. They're not going to pay a fine. They're right? They may not even pay a fine. They might not even lose. They're going to um, uh, appeal, appeal, appeal. Well, yeah, yeah, they'll oh, do that for sure. But even trying, if they lose, they've ultimately, to, they've been trying to defer, to, you know, to uh, get extensions, and the judge is like, hell no. No, it's going to go to trial first, but then, like you say, they'll appeal whatever. If, if they lose, they may not lose. They may not lose. Def- defamation cases are hard to prove. Do you want to know one thing though that might happen in our life to, in our lifetime that's never happened before? Is a Supreme Court justice could be impeached? That's. You think that's happening? I don't think it's happening. I don't see that happening. But I do. I mean, actually, I well, one resigned, though. I mean, that guy in Nixon time resigned. I forget his name. Right. He did. But he didn't get impeached. He resigned, which that's when people had, like, they had shame. Shame is oh, now shame, gone. Shame is bullshit. Nobody, shame doesn't exist cared. anymore. Nobody cared about shit. But, um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah. Does, does, I think I, we're to the point now where I just don't think there's any lines. Like, you can just do whatever and nothing happens. There are no lines. There's no lines anymore. And, I mean, and it's a problem because it really um, sort of de- destroys the credibility of our institutions, which our whole country lives on our institutions being like a real thing. And that, this is a huge problem. Like, we're losing faith in our institutions across the board, right? So... When that's completely gone, like, we don't have anything anymore. Like, we don't have the unique thing, you know, Reagan's, you know, light, shining city on the hill kind of thing. We don't have that anymore. We're just a frickin' another, you know, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's scary. Like, we rely on our institutions. And so far, it's been norms that have kept them together for the most part. And as we lose faith in these institutions, we just, like... You know, what was it? The, who was the Russian guy many years ago who said that? I don't have to fight you on, 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 a, on the battlefield. I'm just going to convince you to tear yourself apart. And, uh, you know, I, that's not, I'm paraphrasing. That's not what he said. But that's effectively what he said. And that's what's happening. Yeah, who said that? Because that is Gor- It was not Gorbachev. It was like several guys. Brezhnev, I think, said that. Like, I don't have to fight you on the battlefield. I'm just going to infiltrate you and make you tear yourself apart. But Putin doesn't have that. Um, oh, he's still trying to do it. But he likes the battlefield. 
No, no, he's totally doing information warfare. And of course he, he is. Of course he is. I mean, yeah, he's totally doing that. Like, they didn't invent these wedge issues in 2016, right? They just knew they were there and then just hammered a wedge into them. Okay, so that's another movie. We, we watched the Tetris movie. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it made the Russians look like idiots. <laughs> well, and that was honest. at the fall. And again, it's sort of fiction. It's like a fake documentary. But, but yeah, I mean, that was at the fall Isn't of the Soviet Union. It's a fake documentary. It's, it was, uh, it, well. Around that time. But yeah, I mean, things haven't changed that much in many ways. I mean, all those KGB guys are running the country now. They're all the leaders, right, of, of current federation, right? It's not like it's that different. Yeah. It's just not called the Soviet Union anymore. They don't have their empire. I don't see that country falling. I just, but I don't see it. I don't see it strong enough to take over anything. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a it's an interesting world we're in with the geopolitical stuff. I'm an, I'm no expert on it, but I mean, it's an interesting time we're in for sure. Well, I'll find you some headlines. Sure, you can find me some headlines. <laughs> Lisa reads the headlines. David actually interprets them. <laughs> but. Well, we've been talking for a long time. Have we? Yeah, about nothing more or less. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. It's been a nice week, and we're, we're actually heading into a very busy week, so. Busy in a good way? No. Okay. <laughs> this means that we got a lot of shit to do, but. All right. Okay. Hey. Well, hey, hey, folks, thanks for jumping on the call, or jumping on the live, and hopefully it was somewhat entertaining. Um, good talk. Good talk. Love, Love you. you. Take care, everybody.